1: Hello and welcome to Not Over It Pop Sugar's weekly podcast for the Pop Culture Obsessed. I'm
2: gonna say that five times fast.
1: Pop culture podcast. It's a lot of pops, it's a lot of pods, it's pop sugar, it's pop pod. Anyway, I'm Becky Kirsch. I have been working at Pop Sugar for what feels like ninety-nine years as both an entertainment writer and reporter and now managing editor.
2: And I'm Zoraine Sneaky. I've been working here for what feels like only fifty years, <laughs> focusing mostly on partnerships. Mikey and I have been working together for over five years now, but we're also constantly talking and texting about everything in entertainment because we're friends outside of this. It isn't that exciting. So even when we're off the clock, we're always engaged with this. And now they've made a mistake of letting us out in the wild with our thoughts on all things pop on a pod.
1: Get it? Okay, I think now we're hitting it too hard, but each week we'll be breaking down a specific topic or trend, but to keep it simple and on brand, for our first episode, we're reviewing some of the many moments over the years that we personally are not over.
2: Right. So each week we like to kick off the episode discussing something that's been on our minds all week, a little catharsis to get the ball rolling. So we'll kick things off with something that's fresh on our minds recently and then something that lives in our minds rent-free.
1: Rent-free in my mind. Uh, what's on my mind recently? We recently watched the Super Bowl. Don't have much to say about the actual game. I watched it, but like, I don't know, some guy who's won before, I guess, won again. Just kidding. We watched Tom Brady win for the 57th time. And did you know he's 40? He's 43. They didn't mention it any times, which is so shocking. That's a lie. They mentioned it many, many times. But you know, what? congratulations to Tom Brady. He's worked hard for all he's done. But I don't want to talk about Tom Brady. I want to talk about the commercials and specifically timothy chalamet as edward scissorhands on the whole i didn't think the super bowl commercials were that amazing it wasn't a strong year for the commercials but not only is timothy chalamet as edward scissorhands perfect casting i mean from the hair alone and of course he like it, it did look great he gives it his all even to the cadillac commercial um give but it also an
2: oscar give it an oscar
1: the fact that they got winona Ryder to reprise her role as kim from edward scissorhands i think really sold the whole entire thing for me but it was like very sweet and even a little bit emotional and then after the fact it leaves you with the whole bizarre thought process behind the fact that timothy chalamet used to date lily rose depp who is johnny depp's daughter and johnny depp used to play edward scissorhands so then i was like wow it must be weird to be lily rose depp watching your ex-boyfriend play the role that your dad originated long before you were born they're not dating anymore no
2: they're not dating anymore wow that's awkward. What about you, Z? Well, keeping in line with the Super Bowl theme, I think I am just incredibly frustrated that now we have Drake from State Farm, <laughs> but we don't have Drake of Certified Lover Boy, his new album, which was supposed to be released in January, then it was supposed to be released at the end of January, and now... I don't know. He's like rehabbing his knee, and apparently that's affecting the album release. And I don't know. What have we done to deserve this? I just like want this album.
1: There's something about that like red tight State Farm t shirt on Drake, which I know that was the joke that still just made me uncomfortable.
2: I actually love that commercial. Also, it had Paul Red and Drake in the same screen it was like everything i've ever wanted
1: well that was what i was like drake like what are we doing here image wise i think that's what he's was hard for me
2: well he's drake from state farm he had to wear that red shirt he had no choice i mean paul rudd also looked ridiculous in that sweatshirt that patrick mahomes was wearing but paul rudd can wear anything and well, that anything was the and point
1: also that sweatshirt looked like it was like fresh off dan levy's character on shit
2: oh that's why yeah <laughs> that's right. it did look so <laughs> yeah, that's right. It did.
1: I was like, where's David? That's this seems like we're lobbing it up for Shits Creek. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So those are our Super Bowl, not over it's what's on your all-time list for celebrity moments that you still think about or like are mad
2: about? I think so this is like stemming from something that was recent, but it's generally something I've thought about a lot. And and we've discussed this before too, of how we thought Justin Timberlake's video, Cry Me a River, was like such a masterpiece when it came out. And it was such like a big cultural moment. And i recently watched uh, the Britney Spears documentary on Hulu. and Framing Britney. Framing Britney. Hashtag Free Britney. And I just, I don't think I like Justin Timberlake anymore.
0: Justin Timberlake is in the house. And I just want to ask you one question. Did you Britney Spears? <laughs> yes or no?
1: Oh, man.
2: Come on, man. Okay, I did it.
1: Yeah, I don't think you're alone in that if you've taken a look on Twitter.
2: (laughs) No, I'm not. I think the fact that it's taken me so long and I like to pride myself on being more aware, but I was really blinded by the music for a long time, I think. And I was like, oh, this is masterful. This song is so perfect. This girl looks just like Britney, blah, blah, blah. And now it's sort of all I can sort of say about Timberlake is that you're kind of a dick, dude. And he just, like, does a lot of shady stuff, it feels like. Now, I don't know, the whole Palmer thing with him casually, like, cozying up to his co-star, that was problematic, and it was just, like, brushed under the rug. So I think I'm revisiting the entire catalog of Justin Timberlake's work and just being disappointed that I've loved it for so long and praised it openly for so long.
1: The Janet Jackson Super Bowl moment, I I revisited that, too, and was like, even the performance, you know, aside from the big reveal at the end, (laughs) just... Feels gross when you go back and and watch it again. Also, I
2: think there was such a large part of it that everyone, I felt it's not his fault. People are forgiving him. But now I go back and it's, he really could have done more and stepped up and like taken more responsibility and he just didn't, which is gross.
1: Classic boy band
2: behavior. Classic. What about you? Okay.
1: This is a lifetime gripe that I love talking about. It's the year 2021. So we've all been home for about a year doing nothing. We've seen people, certain artists, you know, freeze in place. Certain artists put out two albums. But mostly, I want to know what Game of Thrones author George R.R. R. Martin has been doing for the past year because he still hasn't finished writing the Game of Thrones series. The show ended two years ago, and we're in the middle of a pandemic. It has been 10 years since he wrote the last book. And... I just don't think I'm ever going to get over the fact that it's taken him this long and that he has maybe missed the opportunity to really cash in on this fan base who is getting ready for the book, because I assume a lot of people have written it off, except for my mom, who asks me at least once every six months when George R. R. Martin's going to drop that final book. But I know I'm not alone in this, but this is something I think about very often.
2: My thought process on this is what if the test run of the ending was actually how the show ended, and now he's like, oh, well, I obviously can't write this because everybody hated it.
1: There's no way we're getting that sixth book. I mean, unless he's writing them both at once, which <laughs> he should be doing, but I it's not looking good. It's not looking good for any of these books. We might get a manuscript of the last one. Maybe, but We're never going to know what his alternate storylines were. And I just see him every week. There's like a headline about him exec producing some Game of Thrones spinoff show. And I'm just like, can you just go back to do the job that you set out to do?
2: (laughs) Can you complete task number one before you move on to task number two, sir?
1: Exactly. All right. Well, since we're already talking about TV shows, this is a nice segue into our next segment where we're going to talk about some of the shows we're not over. We all are living in a world now where shows can live forever thanks to streaming platforms, we know The Office and Friends and now New Girl have had big resurgences. They're finding new audiences, even though they're off the air for so long. I know some of our favorites are not the shows that are having resurgences, particularly yours. So Zareen, why don't you talk to me about some of the shows that you're still not over.
2: Okay, well, the show that I want to talk about hasn't really had a resurgence because it's been dead for 10 years, sadly, but it premiered on February 14th, 2010 on HBO. It's called How to Make It in America. Some of you who are very cool may have heard of it. It was a sleeper, I don't know, not so sleeper hit. It was like, produced by the same crew that brought us Entourage only lasted for two seasons. And I'm it-
1: sorry, I have to interject here to tell you it was not a hit and that's why it was. Okay,
2: okay. it wasn't a hit. I think Okay, first of all, that's an attack i'm gonna email hr tomorrow uh, listen
1: a hit doesn't mean it wasn't good it wasn't but hit. if it was a hit they don't cancel hits after two. they seasons. cancel hits. i hate to break it
2: to you they don't know anything kid cuddy was in this show brian greenberg was in the show who, No,
1: but it's like you know maybe this is your freaks and geeks it has a cult following of one and it's you
2: wow <laughs> <laughs> i tweeted at brian greenberg once to bring it back and he retweeted it so he's also part of the cult to bring back his own show
1: okay so you start the the campaign a petition, yeah. I mean, it's, it's HBO Max. Plug it right now.
2: Yeah, HBO Max. Go watch every episode, all twelve of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but why do you love the shows? It's start. I, I really enjoyed the cast. It starred Brian Greenberg of One Tree Hill fame, and also from The Perfect Score. I don't know if you know that movie, but it's also a classic. I do. Chris Evans and ScarJo. Um, I felt like it was a show before its time. The cast was very diverse. And it was just about like guys trying to get their hustle on. I-, I enjoyed the camaraderie between the characters. It just felt like a very easy, fun show to watch that still had a good amount of depth. And it was funny.
1: You just reminded me of a show that I completely forgot about called reunion that only ran for one season. And the whole premise of the show was that it's this group of friends. And it's 10 years after their high school. Wait, was reunion. this a
2: network show like on ABC? Yes. Oh my god, I know what you're talking about. And one of them had been murdered. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, But I was so into it. And then they ended the show before you found out who was the murderer. And I was so upset. And I I forgot. I repressed the memory. But it was definitely called Reunion. And it was canceled before its time. It was not a hit.
2: Yeah, well, How to Make It in America is definitely one of the shows that I will ride hard for forever. Because I feel like it didn't get enough justice. Justice for How to Make It in America. Justice Um, for How to Make It in America.
1: One of the top shows that I'm not over was not a sleeper. It was a bonafide hit, but I still feel like there are a lot of people who haven't watched it yet. And if you haven't, now is the time for you to watch The O.C., which is also streaming on HBO Max.
2: California here.
1: The show only ran for four seasons, but the seasons were extremely long. So long. I rewatched the whole thing a few months ago, because if you're not going to rewatch in a pandemic, when will you? And it holds up. It still brings me a lot of joy. There's some things that you rewatch and you're cringing and you're like, oh, that's uncomfortable. But for the most part, it still is a great show. And then I ruined it by watching Promising Young Woman right after where Adam Brody is definitely not Seth Cohen, which oh. I think is by design on Adam Brody's part in terms of the roles that he's choosing. Yeah,
2: definitely not Seth Cohen. Definitely not Sandy. No, Sandy is the dad. dad yeah, I just realized after I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Peter he definitely Gallagher. isn't Sandy. <laughs> Peter Gallagher. He's what
1: else is on your list i feel like the show that you're not over just based on our friendship one of the first times we ever hung out and i remember this vividly this is our meet cute. it's not our meet queue we met at work but on the subway zareem was like hey you know what show the entertainment team should totally write about and i was like what you like the voice i'm giving you i'm giving you about yeah. relaxing." she's like narcos <laughs> And then she proceeded to talk about Narcos for like 25 minutes. So I think now is the time for you to plug Narcos.
2: This is true. I was also, I had just finished watching Narcos at that time. So I was very, very deeply invested. Um, Narcos season one was absolutely amazing and it was robbed. I finally learned, um, wagner mora's name who plays pablo escobar on are you proud of me Becky he always gives mm-hmm. me shit because i don't remember his name but i still want him to get awards which i guess is a fair criticism but now you can't criticize it'd be, cool. it'd be or...
1: funny for you to be doing his awards season a campaign without knowing his name like, <laughs> I've a picture been... like do you know this man give him a <laughs> i've
2: blow. been doing it for years <laughs> <laughs> so i've convinced people to watch the show without having to know his name so it's been fine uh, really he plays pablo escobar that show i think season one and two were just amazing he comes back now and like narcos to Mexico and makes appearances here and there, but I just feel like it was robbed. It didn't get the attention that it deserved. And I'm not over it. I mean he could have at least got like a moon man or something.
1: An <laughs> <The> MTV <laughs> video music award for
2: narcos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally anything.
1: I can see it. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like Narcos is the show that I keep forgetting that you want me to watch. And I feel like the show that you whether or not you're forgetting or just not doing it is Veronica Mars, which is another teen show that I love a lot and think about a lot, but mostly I have found the highest rate of return in people who I recommend it to. It's always like the same slow burn right at the beginning. And they're like, I don't know if I like the show. And it's interesting because my cousin is living it in real time. She's like, the show isn't good. And then a few weeks later, she's like, the show is getting better. And then a few weeks later, she's like, I can't believe X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I knew I'd get you eventually. If you can, how just- many seasons is it? Okay, well, it's three seasons, but then there's but a is movie it like
2: OC seasons, where there's like a hundred yes. episodes. Oh,
1: yep. And then there's a movie, but this is part of what's amazing about it is that it was canceled unjustly after three seasons,
2: unjustly with seven hundred episodes. If you watched it, you'd know. Okay.
1: Yeah. Then the fans brought it back as like the first show. Remember the whole Kickstarter campaign? It was a big first, deal. Like, reboots? Yes, they had it made into a movie, mm. which really tied it up with a nice bow. And then they made a Hulu season. That I won't spoil here, but I'm not over the way that that ended because it was extremely rude.
2: Yeah, I don't know. See, that's not really salient to me. Like, I feel like I'm so much more passionate about Narcos when I talk about Narcos.
1: Okay, it's not like Narcos. <laughs> well,
2: I mean, obviously, is that about a drug? We don't have
1: time. We don't have time for for me to fully passionately convince you to watch monica mars but if you want real passion one thing i'm not over is the fact that zareen watched all of mr robot except for the last six episodes okay only and because
2: you told me it was gonna be really depressing it was early on in the pandemic and i just was like i don't want. imagine
1: to- watching an entire sh- series sticking with it for four seasons and then in the last six episodes deciding that you don't want to see how it all <laughs> ends like i will never ever well understand
2: now that. i don't know if I'm not watching it because I'm avoiding it, or if now it's just become a thing that I know it bothers you. And so like,
1: I mean, either way, it's a we're both losing because you're never going to find out how that show. ends, <laughs> no, And that's you're true. also t- trying to hurt me. Yeah,
2: I guess that's true. <laughs> so I feel like you're definitely losing more, though.
1: No, I think you're losing more because you'll never know how it ends.
2: I could Google it one day. Maybe I will. But a show that I also will never know how it ends that I'm not over is Pan Am. Do you remember that <laughs> show? <laughs> Don't laugh.
1: I, I do remember that show. I believe I only watched the pilot for that show. Is this also what you refer to as a sleeper hit? Because the show was also canceled okay. I think in the middle of the first season. it was.
2: First of all, I think me and Martin Scorsese were the only people that watched the show because he clearly saw Margot Robbie on this and then cast her for Wolf on Wall Street, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. And then that started her entire <laughs> yeah, it's career. Okay. He
1: was on Wall Street.
2: He was on Wall Street. Either way,
1: I think. Wait, is that a confirmed fact or that's an,
2: an assumption on your I part? I mean, well, because it feels like I was the only person that watched the show. And then I saw that she was casted soon after. And I was like, is this why they canceled it? Because Martin Scorsese was like, she's going to be too busy for network TV. She's going into movies with Leo.
1: This is quite the fanfic you're writing about Martin Scorsese and Mar- Margot. Well, I know, but that's
2: also what makes me feel better about like that. Okay, that's a valid reason to cancel the show because her career's been like amazing. After. Whatever helps you sleep at night. Okay, yeah, this definitely <laughs> helps me sleep at night. <laughs> we would have never got Tonya, if Martin Scorsese didn't discover her on Pan Am.
1: Wow. And this show premiered. The year after How to Make an America, which means it was canceled at the same time as How to Make an America it was in its second season. So 2011 was really a tough year for you, huh?
2: anyone's wondering, I've experienced heartbreak. I know what it's like back to back.
1: You've a lot of unsung heroes. I think my, my last show that I'm, is my unsung hero that I think people should go back and revisit, even though now is maybe not the best time to watch it, is The Leftovers, oh. which is a show that was divisive. A lot of people, I think, watched the first season and then didn't go on. And then the people, anyone who made it past the first season, I feel like understands the brilliant insanity of this show and was really rewarded for it. And even though, you know, the premise of a lot of people being raptured might feel a little bit, you know, (laughs) where we're going. In 2021? I know, it is kind of dark. Um, I the recommend you is- watch it if you've reached the bottom of every single watching every single thing on the internet and you are just ready to let go and watch something crazy.
2: Justin Theroux looks has never looked better. No. Like the, never looked
1: better. If you like Justin Theroux even a little bit then you should definitely check it out.
2: Yeah, and I don't really like him that much but he looks great in this so I suggest it. This was also one of those shows where you tried to sell it to your friends but you were sort of unclear what it was about yourself and how to explain it so it was a hard thing to sell.
1: Also the first season's extremely extremely depressing. So when I tell people, I'm like, you have to really be prepared to be very depressed for the first 10 episodes. And I I don't think it's fair to not say that to someone because I can't in good faith recommend that to someone and be like, this is going to make you feel good inside.
2: This show will ruin your day, but please. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: like, how bad are you looking for
2: something new? I just remember the soundtrack being, or like the intro music just like freaking me out yeah
1: yes well they changed it from the first season they changed it from the first season to the second season yes but yes i I know exactly what
2: you're talking about it's eerie it's really eerie it's really jarring okay well we'll take a little break and we get back we'll talk about some things that were not over from the past year
1: All right. We're well into 2021 now, but it's still fun to think back on some of the highs and lows of the past year, particularly in terms of what celebrities gave us or took away from us. Irene, I know you have a lot of feelings about this.
2: I do. Um, I definitely want to kick things off with the story that seems to have been forgotten. Dominic West and Lily James' maybe affair that happened, and then everyone yes. just sort of like glossed over it. And then they had like a very quick like PR. He went out with his wife like the next day, and they're like, "Look, look, we're fine. We're married. We're holding hands. Everything's perfect." And she had like a they
1: put out a statement. Oh, they it wasn't did. just it wasn't just a photo op. Yeah, I believe okay, there was well, a statement.
2: Take it. To jail. I like hated it all. Yeah. <laughs> also, then Lily James did like no promotional stuff with Army Hammer, which is probably for the best. But um, <laughs> they for Rebecca, yeah, which is an awful movie. In case anyone was considering watching it, don't.
1: Well, it was a wild year in general for celebrity relationships. We've also already seen the rise and fall of such relationships as Demi Lovato and her fiance's.
2: For $1 million. I could not. Tell. I mean,
1: I don't remember his name, but I feel like, why do I need to remember his you name? Don't. Because we don't. He's gone. He tried to go all in on social media to be like, I didn't know that my fiance left me and wouldn't stop talking. And no.
2: He also just seems like he was trying to really honing in his 15 minutes and
1: <laughs> talk about how if you Google Demi Lovato fiance, it just says Eric, Eric, <laughs> which is his last name in big letters. Max, Eric, Eric, er. you know what? I don't know how to pronounce his name and I don't think I need to because their engagement lasted for like 12 minutes.
2: Now him talking about it has lasted longer than that. It's been garbage. you know Who did last
1: longer than that? Ben Affleck and Anadarmus. Wow.
2: Their, their daily walks were like a highlight for a while,
1: like. Their daily walks at Dunkin' Donuts. Ben's still (laughs) continuing those without her.
2: Yeah, he is. But I think my favorite was when there was some shot of him taking like a huge cardboard cutout of her, like outside of his house. Do you remember that paparazzi photo? Yeah, when they
1: put it in the garbage, (laughs) right? Like the day after they broke up. But I think that cardboard cutout made an appearance earlier. There were a lot of paparazzi photos of them throughout the entire pandemic.
2: Well, them, it was like, this was, at least they seemed more exciting than like Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello, like walking their dogs, looking like literal zombies. Zombies. It was like they were shooting The Walking Dead. I was like, didn't understand what was happening half the time. They just, yeah, like, well, I think, the, I think and... the
1: world was already over the saga of sean mendez and camilla Cabello by the time the pandemic started, so they needed some something fresh. Yeah, that's fair. There wasn't just celebrity couples that were doing interesting things. um Remember when Chad Hanks debuted his fake Jamaican accent? Oh,
2: my, <laughs> I just like want. He brought that accent to like the Golden Globes last year or something. Didn't he? There was some, did any award season happen earlier in 2020 that we, we witnessed it on a red carpet or like- The whole,
1: all, all of award
2: season happened. Oh, okay. We made it through award season before everything shut down. Thank yeah. God. Oh know? yeah, that's right. I think he premiered it during some award. I just like, can't believe Tom Hanks has produced Chet and then also Colin. It was a golden globe. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Golden Globes. Prague. Big up, big up the whole island, massive. It's your boy Chetana coming straight from that golden globes you want to saying. His accent is just like, I don't know where it comes from and I don't know what's going on, but it's like an accent you just can't stop watching. I like I want more of it. I mean, it was a moment. I'll I really I that. want I want him and Tom Hanks to sit down and talk to each other about like family stuff but i want chet hanks to speak in just that accent i don't want that i want it that makes me
1: uncomfortable just thinking about it it. i want it tom hanks was the first celebrity to get covid speaking of sad things that happened last year and i think he's been through enough for now
2: yeah that's also fair um we also got uh gal gadot who decided to sing um... oh no (laughs) (laughs) imagine by
1: the beatles (laughs) not just
2: her This gift that she um, thought we all needed, as did um, many other celebrities that signed on to do it. And then everyone was like, sit down. We're in a pandemic. We don't need this song. Imagine there's no heaven easy if you
1: try. I feel like someday there's gonna be like a full documentary about the making of that video, like the Firefest documentary where these celebrities just talk about how they didn't know what they were signing on for and weren't prepared for the backlash. And-
2: <laughs> I think that's what was like the worst. Because so many <laughs> celebrities were like, well, I don't really know. I thought it was for something, like, what did you think it was for? Her child's like school project? Like, or they just thought they were- it
1: was like gonna be something nice, like they weren't prepared for but, I mean it just shows like the different planet that celebrities were living in at that time and at all times. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah. Well like the different like COVID houses and like the problematic shit that was happening there. But uh. Or
1: like the Kardashians just never social distancing all year. they <laughs> pr- proudly displaying it. No.
2: But don't worry, everyone got tested and we rented private plans and everyone was safe. it's totally fine. Like just stay home. Stay in your huge mansion with 17 pools while we're all stuck in our, like, one-bedroom apartment.
1: Right. It's like, I would have liked to be quarantined in your house. Yeah. Exactly.
2: <laughs> like, it's just such a nightmare.
1: We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about some of the more positive sides of 2020. And yes, there were some.
2: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and one since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
1: Okay, we should also talk about some of the happy things that were not over that was brought to us in 2020. Um, I was mostly just impressed with, the celebrities that still put out new music or memorable albums and videos, Ariana Grande, Megan Thee Stallion, uh, Black is King came out. Taylor Swift put out two albums. You say whatever you want about Taylor Swift, but Taylor Swift putting out two brand new albums in the span of three months or however long it was and with zero promotion was very impressive to me. Yeah.
2: I actually think I preferred it that she did no promotion because then I was like, okay, great. I'll just like consume these albums and it's fine. Sometimes I think I get more annoyed when celebrities like tease the album forever, Drake. But I appreciated that she was able to sort of just give us this huge bank of music and was just like, here you go. It's what I worked on. I enjoyed it. Kid Cudi also had a great album. I loved The Weeknd's album that came out, Justice for the Weeknd. The Grammys are trash for not nominating a single song on there. Garbage.
1: The Weeknd that launched. Uh- a huge song on TikTok. Oh
2: my god, I love <laughs> those videos. I think my favorite family that did it was Judd Apatow and his... Same. Yeah, it was so cute. They looked really, really cute. I enjoy. It. I think TikTok in general brought a lot of joy to me this year. I can scroll on tiktok forever and not get sick of it eventually i'm like oh my god my eyes are gonna pop out of my head if I put this
1: down. no i think we all can
2: well i also love when we i know when you're just sitting on your couch like just watching tiktoks and then i'm like oh it's tiktok time We're just go back and forth sending each other
1: no and then i get mad at you because i'm like can you respond to my tiktok before you send me five more tiktoks i want to oh, yeah, talk about like this my, one
2: yeah <laughs> also fair.
1: this was also the year that we got to see which celebrities picked up some interesting pandemic hobbies seth rogan and his pottery that's been going on for a while I'm wondering when Seth Rogen's Etsy shop is going to launch so that we can start buying some Seth Rogen originals.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah, that's really cute. I also really loved uh, Stanley Tucci's like cocktail class. That was like early in the pandemic and I felt like it brought us all a lot of joy. And we were like, (laughs) now I look back. I'm like, we were so naive then just breaking bread. And Stanley Tucci was teaching us how to make um, whiskey sours. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, wow, this will be over in three weeks. And here we are.
1: Then you had people like John Krasinski and his random hobby of launching a some good news TV show that he then sold for lots of money. I oh mean, my god, yeah, that's I a hustler it?
2: over there. That was a cute show. It was needed. And then people were mad when he sold it. Yeah, like you.
1: This is. I was like, this makes sense to me. He has a real full-time job. He can't host the good news show from his office every week. No, and why shouldn't me. he make a buck? He's so poor.
2: He's so needy. That Mary Poppins money
1: is, is running out.
2: Oh, he is a,
1: an executive producer of Lip Sync Battle. And I think that still lives on in some form. So He is?
2: Plus, he gets office royalties. Oh, yeah. I mean, that alone is...
1: That family is definitely fine. Yeah. No, they'll be fine. But, you know, he did something good Another for the thing, world.
2: Another um, thing that I really loved this year was that it was exciting was Zendaya won her first Emmy as you often say how she is carrying Gen Z on her back. (laughs) That was great.
1: And she was truly surprised. Really cute. Yeah. Oh, gosh.
2: Um, I just want to say thank you um, to the TV Academy, um, to all the other incredible women in this category. I I admire you all so much. This is... um whoa, oh, this is pretty crazy. I don't really cry. Whoa, oh, okay.
1: She was, I think, the youngest person who's ever won that or among the youngest who had ever won it. And, and she won it for you. She was in that yeah. hotel room with her whole family.
2: That yeah. was very sweet. Yeah, that was really cute.
1: Moments of joy.
2: Also, I think it's nice to see someone that's a Disney star win an Emmy for such a different role than what she sort of like started out for. It's like she's really becoming an adult and coming into her own and she's a woman now. And I love she's it. It's all grown up. Yeah, I'm just like excited for her journey and I get to watch and she seems fun. Good for Zendaya. We're fans. Good for Zendaya.
1: Well, that seems like a happy note for us to close out the episode. What do you think? I agree. All right. So every week to end our episode, we like to surprise each other with a totally random question and have the other person just answer with the first thing that pops into your head. Are you ready to play one burning question? Okay, I'm here. I'm ready for it. I'm prepared. Okay, Zerine. Roughly, on average, how many times do you think you'll be referencing Drake in each episode of this podcast? <laughs> in this, for for your records, in this one, he came up at least twice. Okay. Specifically, his delayed album
2: came up twice. I feel like I mentioned him not like randomly. It was valid.
1: This isn't an attack. Okay. I am just presenting you with the facts and you have to provide the answer. Well,
2: you know what? I'm going to bring out as much as I fucking want. DJ play nice for what Everybody get your motherfucking roll on. I don't she
0: doesn't
2: If you like this episode be sure to subscribe, rate and review. Have something to share email us at notoverit@popsugar.com. at popsugar.com
1: Not over it is a podcast from Pop Sugar and iHeartRadio. It is hosted by me, Becky Kirsch and Zareen Siddiqui. Our producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is John Ross. Our executive producers are Lisa Sugar and Brett Kushner. Thanks for listening.